Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. I loved chatting to my next guest, an artist from California, using a very different medium to me and different subjects, but we had a real connection, I think. We share the love of business and it was just, honestly, I could have just chatted forever Um, and we're going to, I think, make time to sort of hook up and have a bit of an accountability session every now and again. Enjoy. There's some fabulous, fabulous things that come out of this session. The wonderful Jennifer Ray. Hi, Bonnie. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to see you. Good. Yes, you too. Oh, do you know, I've been so looking forward to our chat this afternoon. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's really nice to have a, a chat with another another artist, another creative, and, and somebody else who sort of does membership stuff. Um, I, you, you know, exactly. It's We have something in common. And we also love dogs, too. So We do, we do because, well, we both have doodles, don't we? You've got a, yes. a labradoodle? A mini labradoodle, yes. And they're just the best. <laughs> they, are, they are. Well, I've got two. Oh, they, I call them um, Newfie Cross Poodle, but the, their apparent name is Newfie Poo. So I've got two <laughs> Newfie Poos. <laughs> Oh, how fun. And I've, a, um, and I've got a cockapoo, but my cockapoo is more more spaniel than poodle. She just yes. looks like a working spaniel. So I've got th- I've got those three in here, and then I have a um, a deer hound as well, who he just he doesn't grace us with his presence most of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 gosh, I have to resist from getting more dogs. So. <laughs> oh God, honestly, just don't, don't resist. Just get more. Just get more. Yeah. <laughs> just get more. I, oh, that, that's my dream. My daughter and I used to say, do you know, we, when we, when we make millions and we're really, really rich, <laughs> we'll just get a big, a big house with lots of land and we'll just get lots of dogs. Yes, that's actually what my daughter and I used to talk about as well, because she's very dog crazy, too. She's 23 now, so. Oh, so quite but. similar to my, my daughter's 22. Ah, there, see, yeah. another thing in common. Yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> oh, gosh. So you are in, you're in California, yeah? Yes, Southern California. And mm. I pretty much lived my whole life here, except for one semester in Florence, Italy, studying art. But yes, uh, fourth generation Californian. Gosh, gosh, uh, yeah. Florence is just absolutely. I, I, when I did my two years as an art student when I was seventeen, uh, I went to Florence, and I've never been back. And I, and I really would love to go back. It's the most beautiful place, isn't it? Incredible, and it just—it was amazing to study in the classroom and then go out 
and see what we were studying uh, is there's just so much inspiration there. Yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Talk to me about what you do now because you, you're an artist mentor. Yes. So I'm an artist and a mentor. So I got a degree in art, but I did the thing that you do back when you're in the eight in the eighties, when they say, don't be an artist, you're going to be starving. Um, So I went into business and um, it took me a long time to come back to my creative practice. I owned a company in the Silicon Valley where I did marketing communications and sales incentive programs for high tech companies. And I use my creativity to the extent of branding and understanding color theory and how to make sure everything looked wonderful for these executive kits and um, that sort of thing. But it wasn't really being an artist. And after growing that company to eight figures, which was an amazing accomplishment, I ended up ill and uh, I was the kind of entrepreneur that could never take off all the hats. Um, I was a control freak. I was a workaholic and uh, it was a learning experience to say the least. So uh, when my daughter was very young, I decided to stay home and start exploring my creativity again. And so that looked like I looked into photography and interior design and uh, I even did art quilting and I finally came back to painting and drawing. And so that's what I do now. And I focus primarily on florals and botanicals uh, using watercolor, acrylic, gouache, uh, some pencil work. uh, And I also do portraits and the female figure exploring really from the female gaze, because a lot of our film and art and television has all historically been done from the male gaze, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Men (laughs) at the top of those uh, industries. And so I, some of my work explores, how can we make women look strong and feminine and have it come from the female gaze? And I tend to blend botanicals with females or portraits, but uh, most of my most of my work's around florals. Mm. And so I do that. And then in addition to that, I mentor other artists. And for the last several years, I've been a college admissions consultant, which I kind of fell into while my daughter was applying to college. And about 40% of those students were applying to visual arts programs. So animation, illustration, fine arts, photography. And I worked with them to create their portfolio over several months. And that's where I really learned about different art types of artists and different struggles that artists were having. And it inspired me to move over into the adult side and change my focus from college admissions really to working with adult artists. I love the students and I love the families, but um, I just didn't feel aligned to that as much as I did to working with adults. And so that's kind of where I am now in terms of what I do. How nice. So do you find you get, do you find you get people who are sort of coming to art a little bit later on in life maybe they've done sort of similar to you they've worked in corporate and then they've like oh you know gosh you want to be creative and then so how I started was I that's exactly how I started I worked in corporate and then started drawing started coloring you know just for mindfulness really and to sort of get away from the stresses and strains of of everyday life and then slipped into oh, people want a commission, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of became a full-time artist. And because 
I had that whole business background, marketing background, all of that kind of thing. I, I didn't find it that difficult to then grow my business. But I find a lot of people have exactly the same story as that, but then they don't have the marketing background or the know-how to be able to grow their business. So that's where it then ends up being, you know, I really want to do this, but I have no idea what to do. Is that the kind of thing that you do to help people? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think uh, that's very common. And I see uh, women in particular coming back into their finding their creative. They've had some sort of creative calling and they haven't honored that. So they're coming back into that at whatever particular stage they are in life. And many times it's much older like I was. I just was denying that of myself. And part of it was just kind of this when I uh, went into the career world, it was, well, the women in the 60s paved the way so that you could go into the corporate world and, and be this executive, you know, and there was a strong cultural message not to be an artist and a lot of negative messages around being an artist in general. So yes, I do find that that's what is happening. And a lot of artists don't have the business experience and business is one of my passions. So my college thesis was on how to run a business combined with a creative practice, basically all those years ago. Um, so I love that. And I love helping Artists go from wherever they are to wherever they want to go. A lot of that is on the business side, but some of that is on the creative expression side. So I find that there's archetypes of artists. Um, everyone, of course, is completely unique, but there are some themes that emerge. So some artists will be very technically skilled. They just get the technical side, but then they struggle with how to create something unique that really feels like their own creative expression, right? And I'm sure you experienced this. Or then there may be the artist who has tons of creative ideas, but they have trouble getting the technical side. Mm. And then there's sort of, you know, everything in between. So there are certain things that I do with artists to help them focus in on what they want to express and how to get to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, as as somebody like like you, as a, as a mentor, you know, we it's almost like you can see into somebody and you can see the potential they have. And you and it's like you just want to go, if you just did this, or if you just tweet that, or if you just sort of did some bits in your head. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Mindset, mindset for, for, for me is huge. There's so many people who have those limiting beliefs. Procrastination is oh my goodness, huge, so huge. Yeah. So huge. And I find that coming out. The So my genre is colored pencil. Mm -hmm, and right. I find the procrastination coming out on with people wanting to store their pencils in a particular way or label all of their pencils or uh, swatch all of the pencils out, which is, which is lovely. You know, I, I wouldn't stop anybody doing that. But it it's almost it gets in the way of them actually being creative and drawing something. Oh, I've got to yeah. stack all of these up, you know, and it, and it's really, really, really interesting when you hear all of those stories and you meet these people and you just think, oh my goodness, the procrastination that's going on here. <laughs> yes, it, it it's huge. Yes. And I can relate to that because sometimes I'm not in the mood to draw, like I want to draw and paint, but I'm not, I, I'm someone who's in my head a lot. So I'm thinking, thinking, and I'm working on my business and I find the transition difficult. And if someone has young kids or they have another job, Sometimes that transition is difficult. And one of the things that I have students do to try to get around procrastination is to create a ritual around their practice. So for instance, uh, one of the things that I do is I listen to music. For some reason, music helps me relax and make that transition more easily. 
The other thing I do is I'm a big tea drinker, which I hope someday I can come to England and have a proper <laughs> cup of tea with you. <laughs> you know, honestly, when I saw that you're one of your, because uh, I love that on your website, you've got, these are my, these are my top oh, uh-huh, things. Yeah. And, and it was English breakfast tea. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am a big tea. I have my tea right here. Um, so for me, I have a cup of tea. I have a playlist of music. And the other thing that's really important is to never come to your workspace or your art space, I should say, without something in progress. And the way that I do that is I will be working on a painting. So I come back to my uh, desk or my easel and I have the painting in progress and I go through that for an hour or two. And then I feel like I need a break or maybe there's something that needs to dry. And then what I'll do is I will use that creative inspiration time to lay out another composition or get something ready to go. And then when I come back to my workspace the next day, if I finished that other painting, I have something to start on. And I think where artists can get tripped up is if they come to the blank page. Mm. Uh, you know, they know they want to do something. Maybe they even have a reference photo and they're, they know, hey, I really want to draw this. But something about starting from the beginning can be difficult and lead to press procrastination. Um, so that's one tip I tell artists. Another one is to use a timer. This isn't always the best thing when you want to relax and just draw. But sometimes if you're really trying to get something done, you can set the timer, use the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I want to hear about that. Yeah. So the Pomodoro technique, um, your listeners can Google it. But basically, you get a timer and you set it for 55 minutes. And in that 55 minutes, the only thing that you are doing is the task at hand. In this case, let's say it's a difficult part of a drawing of a dog, of the dog, let's say, right? Um, So your students are drawing the ear and it's challenging. So for 55 minutes, all they do is they focus on that. And if something pops in their head, like, oh, I need to go, you know, pick a, you know, get some groceries or whatever, they have a piece of paper there and they make a note of it. And then they go back to the task at hand. And then after 55 minutes, you have a five minute break, you stretch, and then you go back to it. So I only recommend that when procrastination is, you know, pretty serious. But the thing is to really look about what is your ritual around creating art and try to set some things in like playing music or something that'll help you get into that that mode. Yeah, no, I like that. It's almost like having a you know, your own little, almost like having your own little theme tune. Oh, do you know, I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it now. Like in, um, I don't know whether you've watched the the holiday where at the end where they create a little theme tune for Arthur and you go, yeah, you probably haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, but he goes up onto the stage and he's got his theme tune. And whenever he hears his theme tune, he's like, oh yeah, I can do this. This is great. And it just brings those, um, you know, those, those sort of like happy memories back. Um, oh, I love the sound of that. Yeah, I'd actually, and sometimes I actually, it's embarrassing, but sometimes I will dance. I'll just like, you know, get into the, get into the groove. And it just takes me to another place. It takes me out of my left brain, which is very, you know, I'm in my brain thinking to-do list tasks, and it gets me into that creative flow. So super important. And, And the other distinction I like to make too, which is, I think happens with people who don't do art or any kind of creative outlet or beginner artists is they kind of have this feeling like artists sit down at their table or their easel and the skies open up and brilliance emerges and it's just super easy. And, and so there's becomes this frustration, like, why am I not producing immediately? Yeah. Something that I love. Right. Yeah. 
And so there's this concept of deep work. And I learned about this through, uh, your listeners may know, Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you've read any of his books. Oh, I haven't. I'm writing him down. Yeah. So he he's um, an author who focuses on sociology and psychology. And one of his books called Outliers, uh, he popularized the concept of 10,000 hours. And that's the idea that if you just spend 10,000 hours practicing, you're going to be really great at something, right? Yeah. Um, Well, the original researcher kind of pushed back on that and said, it's not just the 10,000 hours. A lot of it has to do with the instructor. So um, you are a great example of this, Bonnie, and you get amazing results for your students. So, and I, I hope it's on my to-do list this year to sign up for your academy and learn some oh. <laughs> color and pencil. <laughs> I, I, I've never done color and pencil. I wanted to. And so I'd love to, I'm, it's on my list to sign up. So anyway, but there's an interesting component to this whole 10,000 hours. And there's a book by Cal Newport. He is a professor at Georgetown University in the U.S. And he wrote a book called Deep Work. And in that, he wanted to figure out, is it the 10,000 hours or is it something else? Mm -hmm. And what he figured out by looking at musicians is it's the quality of practice. So um, when looking at guitar players, the ones who came to the practice with an intention of making an incremental improvement in what they were doing were the ones who really excelled versus, you know, just going through the motions. Oh, I'm coming to do my you know, art and like you said, procrastinate or not really intent on in that on that improvement. And you're a great example of this. If you look at where you started with color pencil and where you are now, you clearly came to your practice with this intention of making that incremental improvement. Yeah. So I really find there's there's two modes to creativity. And one is where we're in the creation phase. That's where we have the inspiration and we're in this flow state and we're looking at motifs, right? And we're looking at reference photos and we're designing our piece and we're, we're so inspired and excited. And then there's the production side of art. And I think that that's really not spoken about. And so that's where you have to really dig in and actually execute the thing that you're inspired to create, right? And sometimes yeah. that's hard, sometimes that's hard work. Sometimes that's a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in fact, most times, if you're creating something that you really want to be at a certain level of mastery, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's where the procrastination comes in because sometimes it's tedious. It's not always fun, fun yeah. work, right? Yeah, no, I I completely I completely agree. And I think you know, I look back to when I first started and, and people have different lives and people have different priorities. And I go back to this time and time again, we all only have 24 hours in a day. Yes. right. And right. we make a choice as to what to do with those 24 hours. And people might say to you, yeah, yeah, but Bonnie, you know, I've got to do work and I've got children. And, and, and when I first started learning color pencils, first started drawing color, with color pencils, I had a full-time job. I had um, three children. I had a husband at that point. I had horses. So my day was absolutely full. I had a nine to five job. (laughs) You know, it was absolute. I know I'm thinking back now and I'm thinking, (laughs) oh my goodness, I can't even think about that. But, you know, I still managed to get in drawing time because I was so passionate about it. And it wasn't a case of me coming back and going, oh, I need to draw, but I'm I'm too tired, or I'll just wait for the weekend. It was like I need to draw, and 
I am going to make time for this drawing and I am mm. going to do it. And if that means that I have to stop, I stopped doing the ironing, which just <laughs> kind of gave me four hours <laughs> back on a weekend. But, you know, there were things that I didn't have to do. I didn't have to sit in front of the television. I didn't have to be on social media. I didn't have to do all of those things. And I chose to make time for my drawing. I know everybody's different and I know, you know, I can't could it kind of have a, you know, dip into people's lives and go, well, you, you know, you could change that. Change. But it, it's the time is there. And if you really look at the time that you choose to use, you can find time to do something that, that is a priority for you. And if you don't find time for it, and this sounds a little bit mean, but it's not a priority. You're absolutely right. It is absolutely true because we all end up wasting time. You know, we do. I mean, there are just pockets of time that we end up wasting. Um, so that's absolutely that's absolutely right. You have to commit, to, even if it's 15 minutes a day, you know, over time that adds up for sure. Exactly. And there's a there's an art agent, her name's Lilla Rogers, and she always says, no one is going to remember you for vacuuming. You know, yeah, you know, no one's going to remember you. Like you said, no one's going to remember you for like cleaning the house or for this, but, you know, to be able to look back and see what you create over time, even if it's a few, you know, a little bit, I have a, I have a client who's, she works full time and she really wants to have her creative business thrive. And she was, came to the meeting really sad. And I said, look, I said, just if it's 15 minutes a day over time, this is going to add up. Don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Just find those pockets of creative time. And sometimes it takes, sometimes it isn't going and just working on your piece. Sometimes it's getting out of the house and going to a cafe, right? And just uh, soaking in your environment or going for a walk in the wildflowers or whatever it is, just to kind of reset and get some inspiration to be able to even be in the mood to do that. Because sometimes, you know, fatigue is real, especially if there are kids and a full-time job. It's very hard to be creative when we're we're exhausted. So I always say at least carve out, you know, if it's that one hour weekend, that's your time to create or get inspired. Um, and that counts. That counts as a creative practice if you're going and looking for inspiration, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I try to bring in quite a lot of uh sort of mindfulness and trying to get that mindset into a bit of a a healthier place really and I'm I'm not somebody who worries about things so I'm not someone who worries about my studio is a mess it is a mess you can't see it I've I've kind well you can see it (laughs) my studio is a mess and I was I was reading through your thing on your website and the other top tips for creativity declutter and you know you are so right yeah because I know my desk I've got I've got a drink bottle here I've got a drink bottle there I've got some post here that needs to be (laughs) needs to be looked at I've got pads everywhere I've got paper everywhere I've got my makeup thing there I've got cameras sat everywhere you know I've got other bits and pieces here and I'm thinking how can you possibly have like a calm space if you if you've just got everything everywhere and I am such a messy person I've always been a messy person that you know and it doesn't bother me until it bothers me Right, right. Yes. No, I I mean, I have the same situation. If my studio, if you could see it, I have a lot of mess. But what happens is I make sure that at least once a week I go through and I just move it. Even if I don't have time to clean it up, I just move it or put it away, something, because that space has to be clean. Otherwise, it it just feels bad. (laughs) It just, it just, there isn't the, it's about creating the space for that creativity. And that's part of that ritual of 
playing the music, having the teacup, having that little space, just little space yeah. that's beautiful and ready to go to, yeah. to create. And so. Uh, no, absolutely. And this is something that I've been, I've been thinking about this morning and I'd be really interested to see how you do this because you, you, you must make videos, you must do the face to camera stuff and, and all of those kinds of stuff. And I, um, <laughs> Don't we love no. those basic camera videos? <laughs> no, oh. you won't. You won't find many of them. <laughs> I need to get better at that. <laughs> oh gosh, I do them, and I tend to do them with no makeup. I put a, I put a reel on um, on Instagram this morning of me going. I'm just about to do some videos for blah blah blah, and I put it up on on Instagram, and then I got a load of messages going. Are you okay? You look really tired. <laughs> oh. so I took it down. <laughs> It's because I, I was really tired, but not because there's anything wrong with me. I'm just I was just really tired. Um, but I have been I'm really wanting to upgrade my equipment. Mm. So that that's one thing. But then I'd really like to have a space in my studio. I've got quite a big studio. It used to be our living room. So it's it's quite a big, it's got three big windows, is is a really nice space. And I was sitting here this morning thinking, do you know what would be really, really brilliant is to have a dedicated space with lighting, with a camera set up, with a chair I can just pull up, sit down and go, right, I'm just going to do a face to camera rather than pulling out. Oh, I've got to pull out this camera. I've got to get this, this ring light, you know, and try and find somewhere on my cluttered desk to put the flipping thing. And, th- and I could do that. I could very easily set up a space and I don't know what's stopping me. I don't either because I just did that because what I realized is, especially around these tech things as artists, we're not necessarily like that's maybe it's my age. I don't know, but I, I really find them hard. And so my new thing is to make everything easy to do because if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it when it comes to something like, doing videos or things that don't come naturally to me. So I just did that. I set up a dedicated space. I have a desk and then I have the proper lights and I have a a camera, excuse me, with a teleprompter uh, because I'm going to be recording courses and the boom mic on there. And I'll send you my list because I have someone help me. I was going to say that. Please send it all to me, yeah, especially the teleprompter. Oh my God. The, The amount of times I sit there and I go, I've got so many bloopers. Hi, I'm Bonnie Snowden. And then something happens. Where I, can't, I can't remember what I'm supposed to be saying. I'm like, oh, oh. And I come back again. Hi, I'm Bonnie Snowden. And I'm like, oh my God, this uh, is crazy. That would yeah. be amazing to have a teleprompter on a, on a camera. Yeah, it is really amazing because you actually can just upload your script from your computer, put it on your phone, and then the teleprompter's there and you read it and record. So that's what I'm doing because I have two courses coming out and I just had to get it done. <laughs> But um, it's nice, too, because on that same desk, I, I put a white, um, it's like a white platform, and that's where I do a lot of my filming. If I want to do a flat lay overhead of my art to post on Instagram, so it works really, really well. And then I'm not changing my actual art space. And then I have my easel set up, and then I have a table where I do watercolors and gouache. So, yeah, I've tried oh, to make it as easy as possible to, yeah. to make I it happen. To, I need to rethink, because I'm just one of these people that makes do. Ah. Uh, yeah, no, if you have the space, absolutely set it up. And, mm. and also, you know, make your art space something that you really want to come to. Rather yeah, than yeah, feeling like yeah, you I have. Like it. I do. I do like it in here. I've got the, all my dogs are usually in here. I've got dog beds all over the floor. That's the problem. <laughs> There's just no, all over the floor. It's so great. I know I have my dog. She's right here too. I mean, you have to have, 
your animals around when you're creating for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, I'd be really, really interested in that because that, like you say, you know, if you've got something already set up, yes, then, it, then it's not a, you know, not a problem. It's not a problem. Yeah. No, no. And, and you know, it's funny because I think, I don't think people realize what goes into like you know production art production creating things for other people to help them I don't think people really realize the amount of work that goes that goes into, into it. it yeah it's very time consuming especially what you do because you're doing tutorials which are just amazing and that takes a lot of time yeah for sure yeah so uh so yes yeah, set up your set up your film space I can't wait to see it and I'm going to send you I will email you all my Oh, All thank my you. Suggestions. So, <laughs> oh, that would be that would be that would be amazing because I've I've actually put a post into um, Next Level uh, Group today saying oh. I, want, I want to you know upgrade all my equipment. Can somebody help me? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I do have an idea what I'm doing. Of course, I do. But uh, you know, like I say, I just make do with stuff. But I could have things much much better. Right. Um, right. So yeah. Oh, that yeah, that would be brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's kind of, it's also kind of that production thing we were talking about earlier. There, there are things in your creative practice, if you're growing too, that you don't necessarily want to do, or it, they're hard. So, you know, like prepping canvases or setting up film spaces. I mean, this is, this is hard, you know, not everything is creative, you know, <laughs> creative things. So yeah, they live kind of separately, but, but I think if, if, if students can and artists can embrace that deep work concept of coming to every practice with uh, the intention to make incremental improvements, I think that can really help and just kind of relax into that and over time make progress, if, even yeah. if they only have a little bit of time. Yeah, I think it's important to dispel, dispel the myth that, you know, artists are all artists are naturally gifted and come to their art and just brilliant, but actually there's a lot of hard work involved and anyone as you've proven with your Academy can learn to draw. Definitely. Uh, really can. Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. So I'm not going to say I wouldn't class myself as being creative. I, I clearly am a creative person. I do clearly understand about color and everything like that. And I, and I am, you know, I'm a good color pencil artist and, you know, but I wouldn't say I'm hugely creative with my ideas. Mm-hmm. That's something that uh, I think I've got a little bit better at as I've sort of, you know, studied and, and and worked on what I do. I do think I pick things up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another another thing for people to really understand that I'm actually funnily enough doing a, a session this evening on the four levels of competence. Oh, interesting. Which is what I'm doing, uh, uh, based around art and based around learning art, right, you know. And I think some people pick things up much, much, much quicker than other people. And it's just how we as humans are. Absolutely. And and this is what I experienced too. Like I I will have students where the the technical side just comes so easily to them, but then they struggle with what do I actually want to say? And so it's just it's just different strengths. And I have, find other students who just have all these ideas just just bubbling out. They, they can't, you know, they can't contain them enough. And um, but then they kind of struggle with their technical side because it hasn't caught up to the number of ideas that they have. Yeah. yeah. And one of the suggestions I say, too, is if, if a student is feeling 
like they don't know where to go with ideas or they have too many ideas is to work in collections. And I don't know if you have your students do this. Now, it doesn't always work in every mode of creativity. So for instance, a wallpaper artist would, you know, they're doing individual designs for that specific room. Or if you're doing a commission, obviously responding to what that commission prompt is. But Mm -hmm. in general, for someone's creative practice, if they want to kind of hone in on what they want to express, it's easier sometimes to work in a collection. So let's say six pieces and it's either around a theme or a subject matter, or maybe there's a one color that goes through all of the pieces. And I think that's really helpful. Mm. Uh, no, so. definitely. We've got, I've just done a little, um, little tiny, very quick, well, quick for color pencil, two hour piece. Um, it's a three by four and a half inch snowdrops. I've I've suggested that we maybe have a look at doing a collection of these of the of different flowers, but in these smaller, almost like a small postcard type thing. Uh-huh. You know, they're like, oh yeah, that'd look great. We could, you know, put them all in one frame or, you know, put them all in. And I I, I do think that's a really nice idea for somebody who's maybe is have lost their way a little bit. They're, they're sort of thinking, oh, I don't really know what to draw. There's so many photos out there, there's so many subjects out there. And it's almost like it's overwhelming. So it's it, like it is many, overwhelming. So I just can't do anything. So I think that's a really, really nice idea. Thinking about a collection, definitely. Yeah, I think I think it really helps um, students just focus in. Yeah, uh, and and oh, I get that it sounds so much fun to do flowers. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I, that's I see. I'm gonna have to join your academy. <laughs> I just have to do that. I just have to find the time yeah, <laughs> with everything else it. I'm doing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. I, so collections is something people can do um, to focus in, and just just what inspires them, and going out and getting inspiration in their environment, and figuring out what that is. That inspire, a lot of people are inspired by color. Some people are inspired by certain motifs. It just it just depends on what you know. Every person's different, but yeah. collections is a good way to focus in, and it's a good practice. Even if someone has a sketchbook practice, say okay you know, this week I'm going to work all with blues and I'm going to see what I'd create with blues or so they pick one aspect. Maybe it's the line weight, heavy line, thin line. Um, I like lots of detail and, and each artist should honor what they like uh, Mm. and, and really respond to that. So I, I'm someone who likes a lot of detail and I, (laughs) I went to a, um, sometimes I go and just get continuing education just to keep my skills up. And I went to a community base class in watercolor just for fun. And I got in there and there was about 60 women and the teacher was going over what the supplies were. And we had these certain brushes and she walked by my desk and she picked up my teeny brush and she said, we do not use these little brushes. And, and, you know, I just thought that was so funny. And I didn't go back because I understand if there are certain things for the specific project we're doing, but don't ever tell anyone they can't use a supply, right? I thought that was a terrible message. So I honor my teeny brushes now. And they're like, my favorite things. Like, don't tell me I can't use my, they're like my spite brushes. I just want to spite that woman. So anyway, um, but, but that's what it's about. It's really about finding even, you know, within colored pencils, right? What way to line and what, you know, how much shadow, what, what are the things that you want to bring to your piece that are uniquely you, or you have fun doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I absolutely agree. I mean, my uh, niche really is that that realism and realism mm. does come from specific things, you know, contrast, values, details actually 
don't feature that heavily in obviously you need some details but the more realistic pieces are more about honoring the dark and light but I have you know a couple of students who really their style is so light so beautiful and delicate and she'll be listening Keris this is all about you um that you know going making it arts really dark are just mm. not going to work right and, and right. it's and it's about really honoring your uniqueness and going this is my style I love my style I can do my style and and it suits me and this is what I'm going to do and even though yes some people say I should do this there are no rules yeah, right, right. I, I, I do think it's important to learn the basics. It's kind of like if we look at Picasso, he, he was an incredible realistic artist. And then he broke the rules. Um, and whether you like his things he did, I personally not that big a fan of, of what he ended up doing. But um, that's the point is if you can learn the fundamentals, which is really what you teach in your academy is like how mm-hmm. to do the pencil drawing, then you can go ahead and have the creative license mm-hmm. to do what you want. Once you understand value right values and how to use the pencils then you can have the creative freedom to really to really find what your style is absolutely absolutely um talking about color you have a you have a special color what's it called yes i have color mastery which is going to be out in a couple weeks probably by the time this is out in the world it'll be available and that's really going beyond there's some color theory in it but it's also teaching color psychology and really how to create color palettes, how to use color to enhance your work. And so part of having a creative voice and figuring out what your style is, there are certain elements that you can use to accelerate your progress that, you know, you'll hear artists on the internet say, well, you have to, you know, it's work hard, work hard, work hard, and that's how you get better. But the truth Mm -hmm. is, you know, there is that production aspect we talked about, uh, the work aspect of, of coming to your practice and really putting in the time. But there are certain things you can do to accelerate your uh, artistic voice and your practice. And one of them is by really understanding color mm-hmm. and how to use it and how to master it. So that that's a, good, a small course that's going to be coming out. And then later in the year, I have a course that's all around figuring out what your artistic voice is and all of those other elements that go into it to accelerate your practice and have it really feel like it's your own. Yeah. Um, Amazing. So I'm very, I'm, I'm very gonna, excited I'm, about I'm, that. I'm, yeah, I'm signing up to that color mastery. I'm I, I guess I'm pretty good at color theory, but I'm good at color theory when it comes to color pencils. But mm. I'm really interested in how other people see color and how other people sort of perceive color and you know what their you know what your ideas about mixing and all of that kind of stuff is mixing colored pencils is slightly different than mixing because you mix on the paper right right you know, yeah so it is you, different yeah so when you talk about when you when you think about like color wheel and stuff like that and you've got the uh, the complementary colors and stuff you have blue blue and orange for example mm-hmm. uh, complementary colors work beautifully together look fantastic next to each other and what you would usually do is use a complementary or split complementary in, with color pencil to create things like shadows but the thing is if you bring in so you so say you've got a, an orangey colored animal chestnut horse or something if you bring uh-huh. in a dark blue into the 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 orangey color because it's yellow based it goes a bit murky and a bit green and that's when you have to understand that you can go either way you can either use a green 
Right, right. Uh Or you can use the sort of violety, purpley tones, which actually works better than the blue. And that's kind of how you how I see it with the with the color pencil. I try and make things really simple, but um, I saw the the color mastery that you've got. I think you've got waitlist for at the minute. I was thinking that yeah, I'd really like to do that because I haven't done any. I haven't done anything technical or, you know, I I did two years at art college, which taught me nothing other than I never wanted to do art again in my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, you know, I think that that sounds really interesting. Yeah. And I'm going to be hitting every different aspect. So there's the color theory. There's also going to be online color tools that students can use to create palettes. It's also going to be how to create a palette and also about how to look at uh, artwork that's already out there and to look at the color and how the color is used. Uh, so it's really a deep dive into color psychology as well. So hopefully I'm making it, a, you know, action packed as I can to bring as much value. Uh, so I think it's going to be a fun course and yeah. self and self-paced. So students can always go back and reference it when they need to do something or learn about yeah. that. And I have a lot of book references as well in there. So uh, very exciting. I do hope you uh, you check it out. Oh, no, and... I am. I'm going to sign up. <laughs> I'm signing, I'm well, thank signing you. up. <laughs> no, it sounds very, that sounds very exciting. The other thing as well is, you know, I have signed up to a, a, a signed up to a few things. I've signed up to a TikTok Something about TikTok. Oh gosh, I really want to do TikTok and I really want to do well. And I just can't seem to find the right thing to do anyway so I've signed up for this three-day TikTok with this crazy looking lady she looks <laughs> fantastic and it, and a part of it is the person not the actual thing that they're teaching and you think it's if you so have true. a connection with the person who's teaching if you thought you know what I really like them I think I could spend time with them um that I think is as important as what's going on in the actual course and the instruction and everything you know, so if you'd have been really boring today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh good. I'm glad I, yeah, no, I'm glad that's I wasn't boring. That's, that's great. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think with, with there being a connection, uh, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I think this sounds really good. Oh, yeah. I think we have a connection, too. And it's it's great to uh, get to know you and know now that we can be friends through uh, mm. our journey over the next year as well. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, that's the other thing we don't talk about. Being an artist is kind of a lonely thing. And having community like the community you've created and uh, is so important uh, to connect with other artists and just talk about struggles and also inspirations and, Hey, what is, what have you experienced with this technique or even filming equipment? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just really, it's really important that community aspect. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm, I'm um, for me, my, my art is really important, but my business has, I've really kind of, just suddenly got this real passion for my business and what I can be doing with it. And I think I come from a very traditional background with marketing and everything. And then to all of a sudden start to learn all of these new things, you know, like how membership works and you've got pipelines and funnels and (laughs) this and that and the other, and you've got to do upsells and downsells. And I'm like, whoa, but understanding what you can do to grow your business and to make your business even better and connect to even more people, that's a really exciting thing for me. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm being in James's community is yeah. absolutely wonderful. And I also managed to get on to, I don't know whether you've heard of Stu McLaren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm on Stu's Mastermind. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 
I know. And I just, I, we did a 10 hour workshop last week. Wow. <laughs> Two days, five hours. Incredible. You know, when you go in and you think it started at five, ended at 10. So I'd already done a full day's work. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I just don't think I'm going to. Oh, I was blown away. Absolutely yes. blown yes. away. Yes, it's so exciting because we can reach so many creatives and inspire them. And it's so wonderful because there are people out there saying, hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? And, you know, you have the answer, you know, and I have the answer. Uh, you know, we have completely different different avenues for that, but it is so exciting. And it is a huge learning curve. I mean, to think I was, I wrote some comment in the community and back when I had my company, I was cold calling marketing companies. And going out and giving presentations at Fortune 500 companies, and that, I mean, now that I look at it, it sounds crazy. That should seem a lot harder than than being online, but there's so many different pieces to um, putting it together to help serve our communities, and it's a, it's a learning curve for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you find it? Do you find it's harder to to sort of sell yourself as an artist or or be an artist? I sometimes find it it's quite you've almost got to remove yourself from the art because the art is so personal and it's so you pour absolutely every single ounce of your being into the pieces that you do, whatever it is that you do, whether it's a two minute sketch or whether it's a 200 hour, you know, you are, that is part of you. And I found that removing myself, becoming a little bit sort of not colder, but just removed from it makes it much easier to, deal with clients to kind of do, you know, deal with students to, you know, to sell the original stuff um, and actually to put a, a higher price on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the way I've looked at it is I create a piece, I put all my creativity into it, and then it's, it's, it's kind of born, I've <laughs> given birth to this piece and now I'm offering it to the world. At a price that I think, you know, is commensurate with the amount of effort I put into it. And it's it's kind of out there. There's my baby out there floating. And if somebody wants to buy it and feel compelled to, to purchase it, that's great. Uh, but I've tried to remove myself a bit. Same thing with Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm going to put it out there. And if people want to engage with it, great. But I don't want to get sucked into the kind of uh, worry about, is anyone going to like it or anything? I had to get over that early on and just love what I do and then put it out there and kind of send it off into the universe. and. It's doing that really helps. So for instance, I, I last year I sent, sold a couple of paintings to a friend of a friend and she had this big house and my friend could say, oh, you know, it's going to be in her small second home. I said, okay, what, you know, I didn't, I didn't care because I had done what I wanted to do creatively. And then the purchase happened. I saw her at dinner the other night. She says, oh no, she moved the paintings into her main house, right front and center. And it felt so good. And it was so unexpected because I had removed any expectation or any thought about what that was or how she was consuming it. Or I just, you know, I packaged it beautifully and I wrote her a thank you note and then it went off into the world and there it went. (laughs) But so I think it's, it it takes practice to be able to do that. And it's taken me a long time to, and and it still happens, but it's taken me a long time to just love what I do and then send it off. Yeah. And a lot of things I don't, I don't post on Instagram or a lot of things I don't sell some more of the figurative work and portraits. I keep those to myself Mm. kind of as my own practice. Um, So it's a challenge. It's a growth. You know, everything's about growth, right? (laughs) No, definitely. Definitely. How do you, um, what's your strategy then for, 
You know how everybody seems to compare themselves with everybody else. This is something that I I feel I don't, but then every now and again, I do. And it kind of just hits you in the face and it's just like, whoa, hang on a second, what's happening here? Um, and, and they say, you know, comparison is just... The, the worst thing you can do as an artist because yes. everybody's on a, a, a you know a different point in their journey um but you know I'm, I'm guessing that's something that you share with your students as well what's your sort of thinking along that about comparing yeah comparing is is just the evil twin of <laughs> of creative expression I mean it just it, it is a dangerous road to go down and I, I had a student the other day who said oh I'm uh, everyone's so much farther along than I am and it's just going to take forever and I just uh, she was just going kind of down this spiral of of negative thinking and I said you know what there will always be somebody who's farther along than you it's just the nature of the beast it's just going to happen and there's always going to be tons of people who are way far behind you and it's not a race and it's not a comparison we're all on our own journey And unfortunately, that's what happens when you look at Instagram a lot. I mean, you just see the polished pictures. You don't see all the hard work behind it. And just try to stay in your lane as much as possible. And remember that time passes anyway. So I I get in, sometimes I get into the mode with Instagram. I'm like, oh, well, it's all over. You can never grow on Instagram because I find it really hard. I haven't spent a lot of time on there. And then somebody proves me wrong and shows somebody who grew to 100,000 followers in 18 months. I just saw somebody like that. So trying to shut down the negative thoughts and remember that time passes anyway. And it's, what are you going to do with that time? Are you going to spend that hour a day, every day? And over five years, you look back and go, wow, look what I created. Or are you going to waste it on the talk in your head? And it's hard to do, but you just have to shut that, that noise out and keep on going is what I usually say. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually, well, you never know, do you? But, you know, people go on, keep keep on and on and then go, do you know what? I've just had enough. You don't know when it's going to go boom. That's exactly right. And if you look at it, there's a lot of studies about this, that right before someone has the big break or you get that goal achieved, um, that's when people quit is right before it happens. And it's usually the universe testing you. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, all of a sudden, these horrible things come up, and you're like, well, I have to quit. This is just not going to work. And then you just wait, you keep persisting, and it happens. Yeah. And I've had that experience many times. And I think it's so true um, in art as well. Mm, Very true. Definitely. And then I also say get help. You know, if you, if you, if you want to have a business around art, get some help with it if it's not your strength, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so this is... This is something that I find a lot of artists are very reluctant to do. And whether it's a, a I mean, I I don't think it's a, I don't think cost should come into it because actually if you're more productive as an artist, you're going to earn more money. So it doesn't matter exactly. whether you pay somebody to do something. I constantly see artists. Um, one of my favorite artists does this and I talked to him on the podcast about it as well. He, he does a, a calendar every year and he, mm. and he, sells a colossal amount of these calendars and he packages them all himself oh my goodness <laughs> and I'm like and it's like yeah take take you know like and I'm like oh my oh my goodness but but I, I mean I get it you know he wants to make sure that everything's absolutely perfect but you know for me I, that's why I don't really do prints but I did I did prints at one point and I did drop shipping so I 
somebody else did all of the packaging for mm. me. And it's one of the reasons why I haven't got into merchandise or anything just yet, because I need to find a fulfillment company to do it. I do not want to be sitting packaging stuff up. It no. is a total and utter waste <laughs> of my time. And James yeah. Whitmore, he, he talks about this brilliantly, about putting, um, giving yourself an hourly rate Oh, yeah, I just did that, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Just just brilliant to to give yourself an hourly rate. So say, uh, for instance, I'm going to charge myself at £250 an hour, whether that's, you know, I may, I may not, whatever. Is me sitting for a whole day packaging a load of prints worth (laughs) all of that, all of that money? No. Because exactly. I could be teaching or I could be drawing or I could be doing what I'm really good at. And and I think I think that's one of the reasons why I've succeeded in my business is that I haven't been scared of delegating stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you couldn't have grown the way you've grown without having that support. No, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And that is a, that is such a brilliant exercise. I did that actually because. I, I, there was one Friday and I could feel myself going into that workaholic uh, pattern again that I experienced years ago with my business. And I said, I can't do this again. I just can't. And so I stopped everything and I did that spreadsheet and I signed the hourly rate to the tasks. And I've been, I've got two VAs now. I have, I brought my daughter who's interviewing for jobs right now. She graduated from college and brought her home. And I said, okay, we're doing intensive work. And these are all the things I need help with. And I just, it just is so important because especially again, if we're going to be creative and we're going to get into that flow of creativity and do the hard work of being an artist, you have to have the space for that in, in your day. And being exhausted is not conducive to that. No, no, definitely not. And it's almost like there's a, I I don't know. I don't know whether I, I think it's a mindset thing. I definitely think it's a mindset thing that people, they they want to keep control of something. And I completely get that. But also, you know, there's no medal at the end of it that is, you know, I've, you know, I've succeeded in my business. I've done everything. I've, I've Every single little bit I've done myself, which is, is great. But there's a ceiling. <laughs> you know, you're going to exactly. get to where you can't fit anything else in the day. I mean, I have two full-time employees now. Wow. Um, which is um, and they're absolutely brilliant, you know, and they work on my marketing, the marketing side of stuff. Marketing is e- writing email copy, uh, you know, creating blog posts from I create the content and they then kind of repurpose it and everything. And that has allowed me to do what I do best. And that is teaching. That is, you know, growing, growing my knowledge on business you know being able to actually you know participate in stuff and with my increase my my art all of that sort of stuff it's enabled me to do that and there's no way there's no way I could have done what I'm doing now without help absolutely absolutely so important and and if artists feel also that they don't understand business or don't it's scary to them getting into some sort of, you know, getting help just on the mindset as well, just about what they need to do to shift. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And you're, I know, Bonnie, you're going to need more help too, because <laughs> I see big things, even bigger things for you. So oh. <laughs> I, I see, I see more employees and 
I'm, going to, I'm taking over the world. You are. You are. <laughs> I'm really. I'm really not. I know some people think that I am, but I'm really not. Um, <laughs> I just. I. I'm just really excited about everything. Um, you know, I like to think that I'm also giving back to the community. So mm-hmm. you know, the 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 Amy and Lucy who who I employ, they both live locally to me. Um, oh. Is Amy's Amy's first job. So she's fresh out of university, you know, couldn't get a break. Nobody give her a job because she didn't have the experience. So I was like, come on in. And she's fabulous. Uh, she's wonderful. Lucy's brilliant, really, really smart girl. And, I, and I've got a great team around me and they're and they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's, it's That's a really lovely thing to have, to think that you are giving back to, you know, the community. Um, and, and also growing the business means that I can give more to the charity that I support, which is absolutely amazing. I'm going to be doing more for that this year as well. And it's a legacy for my children. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you've done. Really amazing. You inspire me. (laughs) You really do. Who'd have thought me sitting in my messy little studio? (laughs) (laughs) But see, it was because you came to your practice every day with the intention of improving. It's that deep work concept. You actually did that. So um, you put in the work and it paid off. Yeah, no, yeah. no, you're, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, and it's, and like you say, you know, whether it's four hours a day or quarter of an hour a day, it will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But I can't believe we've been talking for nearly an hour. I can't either. <laughs> I cannot either. <laughs> oh, dear. I feel you need to come, come over to the UK. We'll just sit and chat with a cup of tea. I, I'm going to make that on my wish list. I'm going yeah. to ma- manifest that into reality. And yes, we'll talk all things art. Antique. Definitely. Definitely. Not quite as warm as um, California, unfortunately. Yorkshire's, Yorkshire's lovely. And actually, we do get quite a lot of sunshine, but it's never overly warm. <laughs> well, I've, I've been to England a long time ago, and it was probably the coldest I've ever been. So, <laughs> I, yeah. So I can handle it, though. Yeah. Oh gosh. So, oh brilliant. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get onto your wait list for your color mastery course. I'm quite excited about that. Um and, um yeah, yeah. And I'd love to catch up again uh, over over Messenger and whatever and, and keep in touch, you know, because I, I think it's just so nice to have somebody who is not just other artists, but has the that business side of stuff as well. Absolutely. I would love to do that. I think yeah. we could be, yeah, great uh kind of accountability partners or maybe even not accountability just even just checking in with each other I think that would be fantastic yeah fantastic awesome awesome oh gosh I'm uh, very excited about this (laughs) (laughs) me too it's been so great chatting with you for your time thank you for having me thank you for having me oh gosh my absolute pleasure and yeah we'll catch up catch up offline that would be really nice sounds great all right (laughs) all right take care thank you bye okay Bye. bye I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. 
If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.